Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Ball Blast podcast and another week where we have no news on Aaron Rodgers. I, like, I don't even care at this point, but I feel like since we started, you know, with just us two, we did our revamped podcast episode when it seemed very likely that Aaron Rodgers was going to be traded like that day or at least that week. So now I feel like uh, <laughs> we just have to keep drinking every time my liver cares uh so uh, cheers to aaron Rodgers. still not having still having no information i guess at this point we won't know until the draft it feels like like does it happen draft day what is your best guess draft first night of the draft second night of the draft or we just wait until after the draft i think we just wait until we die oh oh okay that seems to be the track we're on y'all like it just it feels like we're not bound for any news and that's that's fine there was like no news in the nfl at all again this week so we're trying to like talk through the news with you guys and give you good betting tips and good fantasy tips and it's like wow there's very very little news we got one piece of news Allen Robinson was traded to our Steelers. Wow. So he's going from the Rams to the Steelers. The Steelers gave up pretty much nothing. They're swapping seventh round picks. And luckily, because I was a little bit nervous about this, he was he's due $15 million this year, but the Rams are paying $10 million of it. Steelers are only paying $5 million. My issue with this trade is I think Allen Robinson on the field makes the Steelers' offense worse than it already is. You disagree with me. I so this is why I don't like the trade. Like I get they gave up nothing really for him. I just I don't think he's a good fit for this offense. So who like let's even say so we have like let let's just say Allen Robinson wide receiver three for the Steelers. Like what other wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers would you rather have? Anyone else as a wide receiver? It's not any. It's no, not, I don't mean to say anyone no. else. I mean to say anyone with speed. This is what this offense is missing, and this offense cannot handle someone that can't separate because Matt Canada is the least creative offense coordinator in the league. He does not create any separation for his playmakers, especially down the field. Or I mean, it, every play is within ten yards, so of course there's no space. And Allen Robinson is one of the worst separators. He hasn't been a great separator throughout his career. He always got by because he's a really good player and he's a good route runner. But now, injury and age, he's just he cannot separate. He's one of the worst separators in the NFL. And then you add him to the Steelers' offense; those two, that duo together is just terrible. It's like when Kenny Galladay went to go play with Daniel. Oh Jones. my God! No, it was yes, not. Yes, it is, and I just. I I don't, okay. I don't think it's a good 
fit. <laughs> and I will not be drafting him even in the last round of fantasy drafts in 2023. I, I don't think it's nearly as bad. Like in, in terms of wide receiver three at this point at the Steelers, you're looking at Calvin Austin, who's essentially a rookie. He was a rookie last year, didn't play, was placed on IR before the, the season. So never got the chance to play. You have Gunnar Olchevsky, who did not be on the team. Yeah. Um, Anthony Miller, like There's it's pretty much between Allen. Ro- yeah, I, I get it. But I'm just saying right now, it's pretty much between Allen Robinson and a guy who's never played professional football. And I'll take Allen Robinson but if they're going to do that, listen, if they're looking to add a veteran wide receiver, why didn't they go sign DJ Chark? Get the speed Why didn't in they there? trade for DeAndre Hopkins? That is. Like, but you can you could say, okay, DeAndre Hopkins is too much money. Who knows what they're asking for in trade? Like, I, yes. Would I much prefer DeAndre Hopkins? Absolutely. But, like, if you're just looking to add a veteran to be that wide receiver three, I feel like DJ Chark would have offered so much more. Or a guy like that that can at least bring speed to open up the other guys. Allen Robinson doesn't open up anything. Could have, should have, would have. But, I like, in terms of this being a relatively young team, right? Like, George Pickens, a young guy, Deontay Johnson. Not necessarily a spring chicken, but still, like, has some room to develop here. Allen Robinson, I think, is a fine veteran presence to come in here and be maybe a red zone target for Kenny Pickett. Is he a fine veteran presence, though? Because he's given up on some teams, so I don't know. Oh, my God. I'm sick of talking about this. All right. Next subject. Next up, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Signed a five-year, $255 million contract extension with the Eagles. So happy for him. $51 million per year. And he, that's the most in NFL history. He absolutely deserves it. I'm sure it's only going to stay the most in NFL history for about a week or two until Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert or even maybe Lamar Jackson gets uh, their extension. But for now, kudos. And how, like, where is he in dynasty rankings for quarterbacks? Now that you know he's set, he has a five-year contract with the Eagles. No trade con, uh, no trade clause. clause. Like, that is... So everyone's always their biggest worry the last couple off seasons. They're like, we know Jalen Hurts is great in fantasy, but where is the safety net? Will he get replaced? Um, you know, how long will he have his job for? And it turns out he's going to have his job for a while. So he's going to have his job for as long as he damn well pleases. Like so that's where he's where at right now. Where are you now. ranking him when it comes to dynasty quarterbacks? He's top three. So there, I mean. I mean, it's Where Patrick Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, and it's Jalen Hurts. So you're ranking him Tear over break. Joe Burrow? Yes. Yeah, I would too. They're like close. Joe Burrow, in my head, has a safer floor as a passer. But when we're talking about fantasy, fantasy points, yeah. like when you have both of these guys who are secured in their position with their team, yeah, I'll take the guy with rushing upside who also has a lot of upside as a passer, but maybe doesn't have quite as safe a floor as Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think I'd rank him Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. But I, I like I won't be surprised at any given year when Jalen Hurts outproduces Patrick Mahomes. I mean I think it's happened the last at least one of these last two years. 
Either way, it's been extremely close. So I, I'm fine if you want Jalen Hurts over Patrick Mahomes. It just feels like Mahomes is a bit safer, you know. Mahomes yeah. is like you know he's going to throw for a gazillion yards and a gazillion touchdowns. It doesn't matter who he's, he's throwing to either. Yeah. Like and yeah, he did that last year. He was absolutely amazing for fantasy and had no one to throw to. So yeah, I, I change it. It's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts, and then Joe Burrow. I mean Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, I will like die on this hill. Um, and bury myself in my grave. But there is no quarterback that has been a safer prospect, period, other than Patrick Mahomes. Like, in the past five years, two QB1 finishes, a QB2 finish. He has never finished worse than QB6, and that includes a season, 2019, where he played 14 games. Missed two games, still was QB6. Like, this guy has an absolute elite floor and an absolute elite season over the last three games or three seasons, Michelle. Uh, casual seventy three percent of his performances as a QB one. Yeah, yeah. Like he is absolutely ridiculous, insane, and yes, just FYI, never finished as a QB three ever in his life. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. He's like, so good. Like people don't know he's good. Or <laughs> have something. you heard of this yeah. guy? Like obviously everyone loves him and he's fantastic. And you're right. I you forgot should, we started talking about Jalen Hurts. Oops. You should want Patrick Mahomes over Jalen Hurts, but I do. Like I, I think Jalen Hurts is one of the best fa- fantasy quarterbacks you can have in Dynasty right now. And him getting that contract just like really shores up things that he's going to be safe with his starting job for quite. A long time. Right now, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. tier one. Jalen Hurts all by himself in tier two. I might put Jalen Hurts in tier one. I'm fine with that. So three. I think Joe Burrow would okay. be in tier two all by himself. Okay. And then it would jump down to the Herberts, and then you get into a lot of question marks with a lot of guys. But we'll we'll do our quarterback rankings shortly here possibly in a you know a month or so when it starts getting rolled dead dead oh, yeah. nfl town but uh we do have the nfl draft coming up and before that we wanted to do a fun little mock draft not nfl mock draft but fantasy mock draft for dynasty leagues we are going to include the rookies so it'll be veterans and rookies and we don't know landing spot yet for rookies so it's kind of taking a leap of faith here if we do select one of them We'll do about 12 rounds or so, 10 to 12 rounds. We'll see how long it takes. Uh, I'll be at spot four, so it's going to be 12 teams. I'm at spot four. Kate's at spot 10. The rest will just be selected by computers. We're doing it on the sleeper app. AI, baby. We'll talk through our picks. And if you don't play Dynasty, it's basically just a large keeper league. Like, if if you play in a redraft league, let's say you pick those players. Let's say you pick 20 players. You keep those same 20 players year after year and then you just draft uh rookies each off season after yeah draft. It, i mean it literally is like your dynasty these players are yours until you trade, cut, them, or trade them cut them yeah it's like you're an nfl team here where you have to really think about age and production and position and positional value so like in dynasty wide receivers a matter a little bit more than running backs compared to redraft leagues because running backs don't have as long of a lifespan as wide receivers do yeah, so you need to take all of that into account. And for instance, like say you have a team that, you know, maybe has some like 
dying vets, let's say, you know, Ezekiel Elliott had been the, the cornerstone of your roster, like, you know, Adam Thielen, like those old guys, like it might be time to rebuild, blow it all up and start from scratch. So like dynasty is so dependent on your specific team construction, where you are in the, the team building process, much like the NFL, like, are you in win now mode? Are you in rebuild mode? And how do you use that knowledge of where you're at to successfully build a competing team, whether that be a team that competes this year or one that will be set to compete in a year, two years from now. Absolutely. And I just wanted to bring up, if you don't play dynasty, that's okay. Like we're still going to be talking about all these players and what we think about them in fantasy. And I mean, it comes down to, do we like them for next year as well too? Like, yeah, we're thinking about the future, but we have to think they're going to be pretty decent for next year as well. So it's still going to pertain to you and you're still going to get lots of good information from this and our thoughts about players just about the 2023 uh, fantasy season as well. So let's get started with this draft. All right. I'm pick four and picks one, two, and three. Justin Jefferson went one, which duh, he's going to go number one in dynasty leagues. But CD lamb went number two. Very interesting to me. And Jamar chase, went three. So Chase and Jefferson being in the top three makes sense. CeeDee Lamb at number two is a little rich. Don't you agree? A little rich. I would certainly draft Jamar Chase over CeeDee Lamb, but a worthy exercise, right? Like I think at least the first three picks are representative of this idea that we talked about. The idea that, you know, wide receivers, you're kind of drafting for longevity or drafting for um, hopefully you know, a, a, a cornerstone of your franchise. And I, I think that's kind of represented here. We've seen even in this past season, running backs were a lot less stable than your ride receivers on a week to week basis. I kind of get it, but like Brandon cooks in that Dallas offense, while I think it's good for Dak Prescott, not necessarily the best for CD lamb. And though I think, Lamb looked like an alpha wide receiver this year. Uh, eight, you know, like fifty percent of his weeks, he finished as a, a less than fifty percent of his. Yeah, he his was. Games. T- it was way too inconsistent for me to put him this high. I love CD Lamb, and do I think he should be a first round pick? Yes, but later first round pick, not the one hundred two. That's way too rich for me. So three wide receivers went. I'm on the clock. Now I could take a, a wide receiver where, you know, the fourth wide receiver would probably be AJ Brown. Uh, Cooper cups too old to take here. In my opinion, I still think he's a great fantasy asset and a good dynasty asset just at the one Oh four. That's too rich with him being nearly 30 years old. And we don't know what Matthew Stafford's back is like Tyreek Hill could be in play, but really I, I kind of looking at the running backs here because Christian McCaffrey is sitting there He's 26 years old. You know the 49ers, especially at least next year or the next couple of years, are going to use the hell out of him. I actually really, really want to pick somebody different, though. Ooh. So it's between Christian McCaffrey and this other guy, who I think I just have rookie fever. Oh, no. I think I have rookie fever. Now, if we had a landing spot, and let's say he landed with the Eagles at the number 10 overall pick in this draft, I would take him here. So I'm talking about B. John Robinson. Bijan Robinson is going to be immediately just one of the best backs in the league. 
now it does come down to how soon does he get all the work? Cause for some reason, you know, the Colts didn't want to feed Jonathan Taylor his first year. Doesn't make any sense. Well, when you have Naeem Hines, you got to run. <laughs> yeah. But I do think if the Eagles were to take him at number 10, it's just, but what about Rashad Penny? Yeah. Until he gets hurt <laughs> after the first carry. Yeah. He's going to have like three carries and then yes, it, it would be Bijan's job. Like, Here's the thing, though, Michelle, like, so you have hesitation about taking Bijan and you're like, oh, well, if I had a landing spot, this like, yeah, if he had a landing spot, he'd probably have already been drafted by the time you get to 104 here. Like, I have an inkling that it would be Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and then Bijan Robinson. Not Christian McCaffrey. No. Uh, I'm taking Bichon. And again, this is one of those situations where like, yeah, you have to kind of do a little bit of speculation. We haven't seen Bichon play at the NFL level yet, but by all accounts, he is a generational prospect. And I know we throw that out all the time, but even when you're comparing him against some of the elite running backs that have been drafted at the top tier, like, he still shines. Yeah. And to just go over the scoring format here, we'll do, do half PPR and one quarterback. Obviously it's not two quarterback or quarterbacks would have been flying off the board at the top. So just one quarterback leagues, half PPR right after me did go Christian McCaffrey and then Jonathan Taylor, AJ Brown, uh, Josh Allen. So quarterback off the board there in the first and Austin Eckler at team nine, which I do think might be a little early with us not knowing if he's going to stay with the Chargers, but he's been nothing but fantastic in fantasy for the last two years now. And pretty much every year he's ever stayed healthy, like past his rookie season's just been fantastic. So you're up at 110. Where are you looking at? This is kind of a bad spot. This is a terrible spot, like a genuinely terrible spot. So I mean, like my, my current prospects, right? Like you're looking at wide receivers, like a Cooper cup, a Tyreek Hill, a Stefan Diggs, who are all kind of old, like not, not old, old, like they're all younger than me, unfortunately, but <laughs> they're all aging. And this isn't a great spot to take a quarterback either because it, it, again, it feels kind of early. Um, in the biggest issue too, is when you take these guys, you know, that once you have them on your roster, it's going to be hard to get them off because people, people in dynasty leagues care so much about that age and that excitement. And like, like how, like how exciting are they that I want to root for? And like, you're not going to be able to trade your Cooper cups or your tire kills or your stuff, Stefan Diggs for as much as like my bees on Robinson right now, like that, that, that asset on my team is worth so much that is just Mm -hmm. a shiny like i don't know is there a million dollar bill but like just the shiniest (laughs) piece of gold on your roster that before he touches that field like he is worth so much and then obviously it can go up and down from there but and that's the thing like if you look at you know Bijan, and you say you know what like i drafted him 104 and I want to see what I can get for him. You can get literally anything in the world for him. And I mean, you can just dangle him in front of everybody's faces. I am not in that position right now. Like, honestly, if I am a team that's looking to totally win and go all out, 
I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill, which I'm, I'm going to just go ahead, draft him. It's going to feel pretty gross. But, I mean, in terms of production, right, if you're looking at this, this offense, if you're looking at uh, even potentially the addition of Dalvin Cook, it's, it seems like they're the front runners for Tyreek Hill. But this is a guy that has been, when at, at least healthy, uh, a top two wide receiver in three of the last five seasons. Yeah. Uh, and one of those seasons he wasn't healthy. So, like, the floor is tremendously high. You know the ceiling is high. And I'm going to just, like, it feels like a reach at this point, but I'm going to take that as an opportunity to have a building block for my win-now team. And that's, like, a moment where you have to say, okay, I'm going all in to win now. And maybe the focus for your roster starts to shift away from some of like the bigger question marks and more towards these known assets that maybe won't last quite as long, but you know what you're going to get straight out of the gate. Yeah. I I like that just because Hills, especially with the dolphins, he was just so, I mean, he's always been so great with the chiefs, but he really was like that entire offense last year with, and as long as two was there, it, He's going to be great. So after that one, Patrick Mahomes, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Saquon Barkley, you're back on the board. The biggest issue is right now the top guy on the board is uh, Jalen Waddle, which you already took Tyreek Hill. So I'm guessing you're probably not going to double dip there with the Dolphins wide receivers, or are you? No, but I am going to stay in the AFC East, okay? So looking at the running back position, I would like somebody that could make an immediate impact, which – There are question marks about this player, but I think the potential for immediate production is still there. I'm talking about Brees Hall, uh, second-year running back for the New York Jets, who probably would have been Offensive Rookie of the Year if it weren't for the fact that he tore his ACL or getting really positive reports. So really, it's just the health concern that holds me up a little bit, but even if he gets off to like a slower start to the season, like he's still super, super young. Uh, You know that there's a lot of talent in this offense, a lot of scoring potential. And I think I've, you know, kind of balanced out maybe uh, my old Tyree kill with a, a running back with maybe a similar timeline. Uh, And, and I, I think both of these assets are solid for a win now team. I like that Brees Hall pick. As long as he's healthy, he'll be fantastic. After that went Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle, DeAndre Swift at the 2-6 is way too high. Way too high. Multiple rounds too high. I need to – I have a gripe to pick with this robot. People will not get over DeAndre. I mean, I know this is a robot, but at the same time, like – this is rank. These are like consensus rankings. This Once you DeAndre season. Swift, you never go back. If you are not getting over him, and I think it's time to get over him, especially now with like last year, he Jamal Williams like beat him out pretty hardcore. Like they, the team wanted Jamal Williams on the field over DeAndre Swift. And now like David Montgomery, I feel like is more of an all around wide receiver than Jamal Williams. That even is, I don't know. I don't want anything to do with Swift and. Dynasty League, especially the 2-6. No, thank you. After that, Joe Burrow and then Devontae Adams, and I am up. So interesting note here. We are seeing quarterbacks go off the board fairly early. And if you're listening to this and you don't have a lot of experience, I wouldn't say this is like 
a good range to draft these running backs. Usually we'll see you mean quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, sorry. Usually you'll see these these quarterbacks drafted maybe start to come off the board in like round three ish and. I would say like an average draft. It so, all comes down to your league though. So if you start, yeah. to, if you know, if some quarterbacks come off the board and you're like, Oh, I really want one of these. Cause even in a one quarterback league to have a difference maker, like a Josh Allen, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Jalen hurts. It like, I am okay taking them in the second round. Like I wouldn't want it to be my first round pick. And I was thinking about Jalen hurts here. I'm not going to go that route because I have someone else I really want, but like, I'm okay with that. Where, where you don't want to start to reach though, if you see quarterbacks getting taken off the board, like this isn't where I'd be like, Oh, I need like a Kyler Murray. Cause quarterbacks are getting off the board. Like, no, there's other guys I like later. I'll wait on that. I don't need to reach. Um, so yeah, I do love Jalen hurts. And I think that would be a fine pick here for me at two nine. Uh, but I'm going to go. It's really hard to get running backs in dynasty. And I know I said, you want to lean wide receivers, I am between one wide receiver and one running back. And the wide receiver is Garrett Wilson. And if love that, you would pick. very much expect Aaron Rodgers to be there. And the running back is Travis Etienne. My love Travis Etienne. Now I do have a pick and about eight picks. Maybe one of them can come back. I don't know which one will, but running backs get thin real fast and trading for a running back in dynasty is nearly impossible, especially a young, really explosive one like Travis Etienne. Uh, I think he's only going to get better in his third season. So I'm going to go with ETN. Michelle, the wide receiver should be your cornerstone gal. I know. I, I said that back to back running back. Bijan and then Travis ETN. Now I do like, I, I want to ask some questions about Travis ETN. Cause I do feel Woo! like, all I'm right, get Garrett Wilson on the way back, but let's talk through this first. Yeah. Let's talk about Travis ETN. Cause I do feel like relatively speaking, we were very high on him as just a general show just had four top 12 running back performances last oh, yeah, year when he was starting to get out, so a the beginning of the season james robinson for whatever reason was getting touches they really wanted him to touch the ball so travis etn didn't get going until about week six week five week six week 10 on though had one game well, where he, he had more he than- got hurt this is what I was saying. So he had that great middle of the season. Then he got hurt, and it slowed him down a little bit. And then he came back towards the end, and he was doing better. Sort of. I mean, he had 23 points against the Houston Texans, who everybody ran on. I, I'm just saying, like, and wasn't, He would have had 50 points in that game, too. That was all in the first half. Remember they benched him in the second half? Wasn't overly impressed by what we saw in terms of his production last year. Just – generally fantasy production but his production on the field was fantastic oh absolutely but I was definitely disappointed with his usage as a receiver only had three total games where he saw more than three targets all season long and that was like what you were banking on was that Trevor Lawrence Travis Etienne they were going to link up and they were going to find that connection that they had at Clemson didn't really come to fruition never had a game where he had more than 43 receiving yards on the season just didn't flash in that regard and I think you expected that from Travis Etienne but also as my RB2 I like it and he has a ton of ton of upside because his explosive plays I mean it's just like every time he touched the ball he'd get like 30 yards he just needs to get more touches for sure but 
I think as time moves on and he gets more experience in the NFL, hopefully that happens. After ETN was picked, it went Jalen Hurts. So I was talking about, I'd be fine taking him at the 2-9. He went at the 2-10. And then Justin Herbert, 2-11. This is where I think you're reaching a little bit when you're like, oh, no, Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow, and Hurts have been off the board. I need to grab a quarterback. No, you didn't. I think 2-11 for Justin Herbert's a little too high. And then Travis Kelsey, 2-12. Um Oh my goodness. Jackson Smith Najigba. I don't know why his first name just went out of my brain. Jackson Smith Najigba went here at 3 1. So he's a rookie. Does not have a landing spot yet. We do expect him to go in the first round. He should definitely be a first round pick. He's our wide receiver one in this draft. He's from Easily. Ohio State. I think he'll be a good NFL player, but this is probably a little too rich for me. What about you? Like, he should no. not be going ahead of Garrett Wilson. So here's the thing, though, Michelle. You had Jackson Smith and Jigba. You had Garrett Wilson. And you had Chris Olave all in the same field in 2021. And guess who outperformed all of them? I know, I know. He Jackson did. Smith and Jigba. So I, I very much like him. I just, when you, yes, he may have outperformed them at Ohio State. But we know Garrett Wilson can perform in the NFL. And we don't know that yet about JSN. Right. I mean, so you don't know anything. I'm going to take the guy about... who just won Offensive Rookie of the Year, who just put up 1,100 receiving yards with garbage quarterbacks, and be like, oh, that dude would probably be pretty good with Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I just would take him over JSN. But then there's also, you know, DK Metcalf on the board, Chris Olave, uh, T. Higgins, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I mean, it's just if you if you love Jackson Smith, the Jigba – Go for it. Sure. I just think it's a little pricey for me. Even I, I do think he's going to be really good. I just, that's too much risk for me at the three one. I would like him a little bit, a little bit later. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. And I would also probably lean Garrett Wilson in that situation. Cause I just generally like lean away from risk. Like that's just kind of my, I'm a safer drafter. I'm not See, I like, like a, risk, but I, like I a little think, bit of risk, not, not JSN at 3-1 over uh, guys we already know are very good in the NFL. Is there a landing spot for JSN that would change your mind and have him ranked ahead of Garrett Wilson in a dynasty startup? Because oh, well. literally the this is the time to pretend to speculate. Like, let's say he goes in the first round. Like, we have to probably assume that I'm projecting him as the first wide receiver off the board, but I wouldn't take him over Garrett Wilson in any landing spot. But I do think if he were to go to like, let's say CJ Stroud goes to Houston at two and then Houston ends up taking uh JSN with their second first round pick at number 12. Now I don't know if that means a great rookie season because that's a rookie quarterback trying to feed a rookie wide receiver, but he would easily be the wide receiver one with Houston immediately. And then he's playing with his college quarterback. So they have that connection already. That would be very intriguing to me. Um, Looking at other places. I mean, he's not going to be the wide receiver one in like any of these places that he would go to in the top. I don't know. 15. Maybe. Okay. So yeah, new England, but that's never great for wide receivers to go there not the usually packers, but i would argue the packers JSN, would be very interesting jsn would be the best wide receiver that that offense has seen in a long he'd time he'd be the wide receiver one yes but will ken mac jones you know sustain a great fantasy wide receiver we don't know yet 
Green Bay, but then it's like, how good is Jordan Love? We don't know. There's a lot. There's too many question marks about all these teams. So am I, I, I really like JSN and he could be the wide receiver one on multiple teams in the first round that could possibly take him, but we don't know landing spot. And I know Garrett Wilson's a beast. So I'm taking Garrett Wilson over him, but also Ken Walker went at the three, two, and then Dalvin cook at the three, three would never take him there. He's just getting way too old and not doing all that much in fantasy. I feel like as of late. Okay. He was the, he was the running back 11 last year, but it just didn't feel like it. I feel like he didn't do anything last year. I think the question is like, how does that offense shake out when you have that number of weapons and you have Dalvin cook, like if he goes to Miami, for instance, like you've got Jalen Waddle, you've got like all of these superstars out here. What does he didn't hit 20 points in a single game last year? Like, I feel like his upside is gone. He's an older prospect. He's an he's, older prospect. He's he a has dying, a lot of touches. He's a dying asset on your fan on your dynasty rosters. So like in redraft leagues, he might go in the third round and you say, okay, like in, if you only have him for 2023 and that's all you need him for fine in the third round, that's acceptable. But in dynasty, I wouldn't touch him there, but now it's my pick and I'm very happy because Garrett Wilson came back to me. I'm smashing the smashing Garrett Wilson. I love my team so far. It's so fun. I have Bijan, <laughs> Travis Etienne and Garrett Wilson. Have you seen a more fun roster? It might not be a great roster, but it's a fun one. It's definitely a fun roster. I will say it's either that. going to be so good or so bad. <laughs> it's it's going to be one of those, but like your, I, I will say like that roster combination has elite upside. Like yeah. the, the roster to follow also has elite upside, but like you have youth on your side, the next roster team number five, uh, who picked right after you, Christian McCaffrey, Devonte Adams, Derek Henry, like, Elite upside, yes, but like those are guys who all are on the wrong side of whatever can, the average age is for these NFL players. For sure. And but you can definitely win a championship yes. in year one. So like it's not all just about like the future and youngness. Like if you want to go win a championship and win your money and then just focus on, you know, continuing to get young, you know, through trades or through rookie drafts, like I, I think it's completely fine how team five is building their roster CMC Adams and Derek Henry, like all of those guys still have a, at least a couple more years in them with CMC and Adams probably having at least a few more years in them. So I'm that's, I, I like that roster, but yeah, it's just not as shiny as mine. A team six took T Higgins and then seven took Nick Chubbs, Nick Chubb, put an S there. Team eight took Javante Williams. How do you feel about that? The three, eight Javante Williams. Cause last year, if we were doing this draft, Javante Williams probably would have been an early second round pick, maybe even end of the first. Yeah. So now after one off season, he's gone at the three, eight because of that knee injury and he might not be ready for the season. But again, this is dynasty. So should he be going that late? Did he not show us enough last year when he was healthy? No, I think this is perfectly fine value. Like he's drafted. I think what is like the RB 10 or 12 here I'm not great with the math but it feels like a pretty nice value to get what you know like analytically can be a top end running back um, in terms of what he produces um, you know in terms of his elusiveness like when he is healthy you know he's a top five running back 
He's young. He doesn't have a ton of touches. He did have a complicated torn ACL, so you know his rehab might be a bit longer. But, like, you're playing the long game here. And I think that that discount you get, you know, any time after RB10 for a guy like Javante Williams who has easy top five upside, that feels like a, a, a nice reward for your patience in his return. Yeah, he's a risky asset right now, though. I, I think, like, if you have him on your dynasty teams, you just got to keep him. Like, I just think selling him right now is just you're selling him way too low. Wait till he comes back healthy. He's got to show something more. I feel like, like, yeah, I, I would just wait a bit. So, and then after that goes another another rookie, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. He's a small dude, but he's extremely, extremely fast. He's a really good he's receiver. Explosive. He's, he's explosive, and I could see him being a good fantasy asset because he's such a good receiver. He's only 5'9", 199, though. That's what he came in at the combine. Like, that's super, super small. Now, he ran a 4.36, and his you know receiving chops at Alabama were fantastic. And he averaged 6.1 yards per carry as well. Only had 151 carries in 2022. 143 carries in 2021. So never had a ton of carries in one season because of his smaller statue. But like he could break off a bunch of long plays. I think this is too high to take him personally. I don't I don't know if he'll be more than just a, you know, one of those receiving backs that can offer you some, you know, RB two weeks and in PPR leagues, but I'm not like obsessed with Jameer Gibbs in fantasy. What about you? I mean, definitely intriguing. And he could be a you know a late first round pick. I don't. I, I think he ends up going in the second round. So he'll be an early draft pick in the NFL draft in the actual NFL draft. Like he's going to get great draft capital, yeah. which you know normally these guys, especially at running back who get high draft capital, they end up going early, and in fantasy leagues. I just he's too small, right? He can be fine. He can be fine. It's just he's too small. Like from a, you know, like a build perspective, like his height and weight, like at least he's not like lanky, right? You hate to see that in a running back because they're going to take a lot of hits. Like he's he's appropriately compacted. And if he could just put on 10 pounds, he'd he'd probably be fine. So that's not asking all that much. It's really not like 10 pounds. And he is such a good pass catcher. So there there is upside. It's just when you're looking at the other running backs, there's there's guys that, like when Tony Pollard's still sitting there, I would rather take Tony Pollard than risk it with Gibbs. What about you? Yeah, I think that's fair. And or I, Josh Jacobs. I, I'm looking at Jameer Gibbs and I'm wondering like what is the ceiling in terms of like a touch total for him? I like he's not like a guy that I can Austin picture Eckler type. Like that's I, I I, mean, I feel that, like if everything goes perfectly, yeah. he gets the kind of touches that Austin Eckler gets. Which Austin Eckler is absolutely amazing for fantasy. So if that's what he ends up being, perfect. But then you have so many other examples where it's not Austin Eckler, you know? Yeah. And I, like, my question, like, I also feel like Austin Eckler looks, like, bulkier than. Well, he's put on a lot of muscle. So who are you taking at the 310? You're up. All right, so this, I'm going to go wide receiver. Again, I started with Tyreek Hill, went with Brees Hall with my second rounder. I'm going to follow it up with a Monra St. Brown wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, who, like, just had so much upside last year. um, Had two 30-plus point games. And, Michelle, 
just three games the entire season where he did not exceed 10 points in PPR formats. Like, was dominant, had two games with multiple receiving touchdowns, had four games with over 100 receiving yards. Like, he was a really dominant force, really dominant force in the NFL last year. And what was amazing was that, like, he did that as a really big focal point for his team. Now you have Jamison Williams coming in who plays a very different role. He's a speedster. Like we know that that's the role that Jamison Williams is going to play, but you keep adding weapons into this offense, a, a David Montgomery, a, you know, a, a DeAndre Swift, and you pair all of those factors together. Like when you already have an established, like number one target, like Amonra St. Brown, who is, the king of volume, like that efficiency should only go up from there. Even if they do disperse some of those targets around a little bit, I think he's a great pick with a lot of upside at this point in the draft. I I really like that pick. I think he is a fantastic wide receiver and gets so much volume as he deserves. After that went Josh Jacobs, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson. So team 12, interesting here with Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, and Lamar Jackson. So they have that that combo there with Jackson and Andrews as long as Lamar stays. And then two really good wide receivers. Like, they will be competing in 2023, that's for sure. Uh, after that went Joe Mixon, DK Metcalf. Oh, I just that's gave me. up That's me. Yeah, you just gave up my pick. Wow. Okay, um, you went another wide receiver. Yes. You did not take <gasps> – no, I just saw who just I met. did not okay. go the Michelle Majuk method. Uh, my guy just got taken before all me. Right, we'll all right, all okay. right. We, we'll get there eventually. Tyreek okay Hill, right Brees Hall, Amonra St. Brown, DK Metcalf. I am following the rule of establishing the, the wide receiver position as the cornerstone of my dynasty roster. There's not a lot to say about DK Metcalf. Like, he does it with Gino. He does it with Russell. Like, I, I feel like at this point he's an underrated dynasty asset and I don't really know what he did to not be among our favorite wide receivers still in dynasty. Yeah, no, DK's a fine pick. It's not like anybody like he didn't do it. Like yeah. at one point he was a top like three dynasty wide receiver. What did he do to drop down this far in the ranks? Nothing. I thought you're going to take Tony Pollard, but he still has not gone actually. So it went Chris Olave. After DK Metcalf, which I would have considered a lave over Metcalf, but it's probably just a shiny new object. It's probably all it is. Debo Samuel, Devonta Smith, Kyle Pitts, and then right before me, guys, right before me, I was going to take Justin Fields, but Justin Fields went right before me. Not no five, more, you ain't. Team five is winning this league in 2023. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, Adams, Henry, and Justin Fields. That's a fantastic redraft team I will say that right now but also good dynasty I really wanted Justin Fields because I think he has the same upside as a guy like uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and I would have got him two rounds later that was the goal but he went one pick ahead of me now I'm looking at quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence Kyler Murray Dak Prescott Tua Bryce Young Deshaun Watson like I just I think there's a big gap there from like I, I don't want to reach on a quarterback just because I missed out. So I'm going to look elsewhere and Tony Pollard could be a pick, but I already have two running backs. 
I love that speculation. He could be a pick. I think he I really, he might be drafted. I really thought you were going to pick him, but again, he does feel like such a better redraft pick than it does Dynasty. Like I really think he's going to be fantastic in 2023. I just don't know how long it's going to last for. Drake London is very interesting to me. And then looking at tight ends because getting a good tight end in Dynasty is very, very hard because there's none of them. And when you have a good tight end in Dynasty – it is a difference maker. I mean, it is in redraft leagues as well, because if you actually score points in your tight end spot while others do not, that makes a pretty big that difference. That is a general, that's, that's an edge. So what I'm thinking here is TJ Hawkinson going to continue doing what he did last year at the end of the season with the Vikings, because he was pretty great with the Vikings. He was very consistent is what I should say. Not very, he didn't have like super high upside, but he continually scored double digit points in PPR leagues. And that's a very hard thing for tight ends to do. And now they don't even have Adam Thielen. Like I do think he's going to be a huge part of this offense or there's George Kittle, but that dude's always hurt. And he's very inconsistent as a fantasy scorer. He'll score you 45 points or two. Like there is no in between with that man. Dallas Goddard. So good. But then you have AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, Pat Fryermuth. I do love him. Because my Steelers love it. Also, he's just great. Shelly, you're you're delaying the inevitable. Okay. you got to make a pick. Drake London or TJ Hawkinson? Drake London's the probably correct pick, but I'm going to go TJ Hawkinson. I really like that pick, actually. Tight end two in PPR leagues. Closed out his season 10 catches for 129 receiving yards in the wild card round last year. I mean, he was so safe. Had... His best season by far, um, 914 receiving yards, uh, over 10 yards per reception, and six touchdowns. Like, you couldn't have asked for more, and I do think the absence of Adam Thielen only helps him from especially a volume standpoint. Like, TJ Hawkinson feels like the right pick by far there. So I'll say I already regret my pick, and oh. I'll tell you why. Because then after that went Terry McLaurin, Tony Pollard, Drake London, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Quentin Johnson, who is also a rookie from TCU. He's like one of the only tall big dudes in this class at the top. He's tall, but he's also like he's a tall big dude, but he's very fast. Yes. For, I mean, specifically his size, but like in general, you can't ask for, for much more in terms of his explosion in terms of his speed, especially besides adjusted speed. So and he averaged 17.8 yards per reception last year with TCU. Um, like just, he's a big play machine. He's a big dude. You know, he has his, he's a little bit raw where he has to, he has things to work on for sure. He's not like a home run hit prospect, but he could very easily be a first round pick. That's where he's expected to go at the very worst early second round. So we'll see where he lands. He's six foot three, 208 pounds. I'm completely fine with this area where he's taken, but it is just super risky. That's all. Yeah, I think that's fair. So Drake London didn't make it back to me. And I'll say I would much rather have Drake London and Dallas Goddard than I would TJ Hawkinson and whatever wide receivers left here. Because <laughs> the top of these wide receivers left is Jordan Addison, who's the rookie out of UCS or USC and Pittsburgh. And then you got Michael Pittman, Christian Watson, Chris Godwin, Jerry Judy, Keenan, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore. Like it gets like the drop off from Drake London to the rest feels pretty large. 
And then Tony Pollard also went. And no wide receivers excite me. This is a fertile spot. You got to make your pick. Oh, man. Like, I would much rather have Drake London and Dallas Goddard than TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson probably would have made it back to you. I'm going to go Chris Godwin. He's only 27 years old. He's just, like, I get he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore, and Baker Mayfield might ruin him, but I do think he's a fantastic talent. He's so good in PPR. He And he's just really consistent, too. He never has, like, massive games, but he just always, like, like he always scores around 15 points, and I'll take that as my wide receiver, too. And, like, let's remember, he I, he got off to, you know, a relatively slow start last year, um, but finished out the season pretty darn well. Like, he had a torn ACL. ACL. Yeah, and normally the first year back from a torn ACL is not great, and he was plenty fine. So uh, And generally I, speaking, this team was just a absolute dump, dumpster fire. Like, I feel like what he produced in 2022, I I – didn't have any problems with but generally speaking I feel like it seems like he's a lot older than he actually is for some reason I don't know why um but I I really like this he is going to outlast a a Mike Evans um and the good thing is he's a a volume guy so he's going to be um continually productive I think regardless I agree. Um, And then after my pick of Chris Godwin went Aaron Jones, Jordan Addison, another rookie like I talked about. Now he's a smaller dude. He's only 5'11", 173. So the height's not the 173 pounds. Now, I actually don't hate this pick because Jordan Addison, like with Pittsburgh, it just looked like he was going to be like the top wide receiver in this class. Now he still could easily be a first round pick. But he might just be like a slot guy. It all depends on his landing. So I don't hate the pick. If you're not going to hate on Jackson Smith, the jig, but three, one, how are you hating on Jordan Addison at five, six? I just like Jackson Smith and jig, better as a prospect. He's bigger. Um, not that much bigger. He's 200 pounds. He's got almost like 25 pounds on. I Jordan guess I didn't Addison. know that's JSN a, was 200 pounds. That's a big, like in JSN, relatively small like generally speaking, but when you compare him to a guy like Jordan Addison, like, yeah, he's, he's a lot bigger. I like, I just think it's a very speculative pick. He didn't test as well as you would have hoped for a guy that's as small as he is. Like the tape tells you great things, like great, great, great route runner. Like he does so many things right as a wide receiver, but the size is kind of hard to jump over. But after Jordan Addison, Trevor Lawrence, Michael Pittman, Damian Pierce, which literally <laughs> hurts my soul because that was my next target. You were going to pick him at 5'10". I was absolutely going to pick him at 9'10". And now I'm up, which I'm going to be honest, I apparently just hate drafting in this round because <laughs> – I want to rip my teeth out just looking at this draft board. Now I'm going to make what might be the hashtag get ballsiest pick so far in this draft. I'm going to go with tight end Dallas Goddard. Why would that be the ballsiest pick? I was just going to pick him at five, four. Oh, were you? Oh my, that makes me feel. If I didn't take TJ Hawkinson, were you not listening to me? I guess not. Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Dallas Goddard going at the five ten, like just, Year over year, one of the most consistent tight ends. He is in a fantastic offense, has secured his quarterback. Like, 
he has just been, I, I think, so underrated, so reliable that, you know, in terms of his efficiency metrics, like year over year, just he's been such a good tight end. So love Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers at the 512. Then they swing back around and get J.K. Dobbins. So Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, back-to-back. They started so well with Diggs, Cup, and <laughs> I know. I actually do like J.K. Dobbins in 2023. I just I don't, yeah, I just don't know what a ceiling is for, you know, multiple years. And then Cam Akers, who knows? <laughs> who knows what that man? And then after that, Team 11 went George Kittle, and you're back up on the clock at 6-3. This is like. Uh, seriously this is a brutal spot a absolutely brutal spot i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna take my quarterback i'm going with Dak no! prescott that was my pick uh, i'm so sorry michelle oh that's the last good quarterback on the board i like Dak prescott because a he's just undervalued in the first place like i feel like he's hated on way too much um for what he is in fantasy and then also they gave him a second good wide receiver that's like the biggest kicker here. So like last year, obviously wasn't perfectly healthy, finished as the quarterback 19 in two of the three prior seasons had two top six finishes um, out of those three seasons. It, 2020 only played five games. So we're not going to count that. Like he's been a pretty good fantasy quarterback, um, even in a year where he was injured, had to come back from injury, had uh, half of his games as a QB one or better like this he's been perfectly efficient now you add Brandon Cooks which like the one thing that receiving core really needed was speed great Brandon Cooks is the perfect answer for that I hate that they lost Dalton Schultz but like I still think you know maybe they come out of this draft we've seen uh, Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer drafted to this team a lot you come out with a tight end like Michael Mayer and suddenly like this offense looks just as efficient as it did five minutes ago. And this could be a really exciting team, but generally speaking, Dak Prescott, like he's just solid. And I think he's so underrated. He's so safe and there's nothing that Brandon cooks does to hurt that. Yeah. And, uh, so it went Dak Prescott and then the next guy, I mean, I probably wanted to take in two running backs anyways, but I was interested in him. Zach, Charbonnet. Charbonnet. UCLA. Uh, Rookie. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the receiving chops. He's so fun to watch. He's just, there's nothing that he's bad at necessarily. Like he's, I think he's just a really well-rounded prospect. And if he goes to an offense where he actually gets an opportunity, I think he's going to be a fine, like three down. If he gets second round draft capital I think he should and lands with a team that doesn't have like a stud in front of him I think he'll be a really solid pick for next year and then moving forward in his career but definitely like he's not like a home run hitter either where you're just like oh I feel so good about this pick but he definitely has good upside after that went Christian Watson DJ Moore DeAndre Hopkins Jerry Judy I'm back up not the prettiest board of players left (laughs) for me so running backs here, I'm looking at James Conner, Zeke Elliott, Rashad White. Like I think this is what they call the dead zone for running backs. No, yeah. And then you got Jamison Williams, but like I already went so risky with so many guys. It's just a little hard here. I'm looking through this real quick, trying to pick. Kate's gonna hurt me. 
Yeah. Usually I'm the one that can't decide on anything. And today it's you. Yeah. So I'm actually feeling a little bit better about myself. But now I'm running out of things to say. Shoo doo bop. <laughs> you gotta make your decision, Michelle. Three, two, oh. one. I don't know, one. guys. All right, we're gonna start. We're gonna shut down the show. All right, I'm going with Tua Tagovailoa. Uh. He has high upside, right? In any given week, he can put up 40 points. We we've seen it. Now. He doesn't have the safest floor in any given week, but there was a lot of issues with him with health last year. I just got to hope he stays healthy. He has the weapons. He can put up the points. He's in a good offense. So at this point, the quarterbacks are getting real thin. I don't want to have to be in the place where I even think about Deshaun Watson because it's getting there where it's getting real thin. So, uh, yeah, if I had to decide between just two players and their talent level and who do I think maybe will outscore each other in in fantasy moving forward, probably Watson. But just for my sanity and my <laughs> morals, I'm going to take Tua. After that one, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Brandon Ayuk, Zeke Elliott. Do you think that's too high for Zeke Elliott, 7-1? Yes, he's not currently signed to He's a NFL dying roster. asset, right? It yes. just feels like a weight. He, I do think he's going to land in a spot where he gets touches next year and like he'll still have fantasy relevance, like be fantasy relevant, but meh, meh, meh. Jameson Williams, George Pickens, I'm back up, which Kate hates for sure. And I'm going to go with a safer pick here because I went with Garrett Wilson and I've gone with Bijan Robinson and Travis Etienne. A lot of young guys. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. I do think Deshaun Watson's going to be better next year. And Amari Cooper was really good with Jacoby Brissett. So you would think (laughs) he could be good with Deshaun Watson. It should translate. It should. But I'm going to go with Amari Cooper here. And I already hate the pick. I literally do. I hate it. I should have went with Mike Williams. I I hate it. I hate my pick. (laughs) After that, Traylon Burks, Marquise Brown, Dalton Schultz, Deontay Johnson, Kyler Murray. Kate, you're on the clock. This is, this is a toughie. Um, Looking at my roster so far, I've got Tyreek Hill, Monarch St. Brown, DK Metcalf for my wide receivers, uh, Brees Hall, Dallas Goddard, Dak Prescott. I do need a running back. That is for sure. So, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to draft Ooh. Isaiah Pacheco here at the 710, wow. which I think is an interesting spot because he, you know, he's he's a late round rookie. Like, he came out of the woodwork last year. Can you trust that he's going to continue pr- to produce? Like, well, I don't, I guess I don't know, but I do know that this team loves him and they trusted him with the keys to their offense in some critical situations. So, I can't picture this team after having burned the pick on Clyde Edwards Alaire and having that not work out, like invest another high end pick. Um, I'm sure they bring in some other body at running back, whether that be they resign Jarek McKinnon. Like, I, I don't know what they'll do. I'm sure they'll make another move, but it seems like Pacheco's their guy. Um, so if I can get the lead back for a team, to close out the seventh round, it doesn't feel like the worst pick in the entire world. It doesn't feel like the worst pick in the entire world. That gives you a lot of confidence, huh? I feel very confident in the fact that Isaiah Pacheco is an NFL running back and I just drafted him. 
All right, we, I'm going to say. We talk for far too long uh, here. So let's run through these real quick. We'll do this pick here at eight. Should we get through the next three picks? We can go through them quickly. We'll go through 10 rounds. Yeah. Um, so who is your pick? Well, first, it went Zay Flowers after you went with Pacheco, which I do think is a pretty well pick. James Conner, David Montgomery, Mike Williams, who I should have taken over, Amari Cooper. I hate myself. <laughs> and who do you got at 8-3? This is a total uh, speculative pick here, uh, but I'm going to go with Christian Kirk. Uh, I don't I know what this Christian Kirk than Amari Cooper too. I don't know what this offense is going to look like with the addition of Calvin Ridley, but I can't imagine it gets worse, right? Like we saw a huge, huge jump last year. He's a volume king, and he looked good. Like he looked really good. I know we all laughed at the contract, but. Christian Kirk was very productive and he did look like a wide receiver one. And I feel pretty good that like, even with the addition of Calvin Ridley, like Calvin Ridley hasn't really played much football in a long time. So I do think that there is going to be uh, plenty of room for Christian Kirk to continue balling. And if you get him at the eight Oh three, sure. Yeah, and like I said, I I think I would even rather Christian Kirk, I think, than Amari Cooper. I just really hate that pick by me. So I'm already looking to trade him in Dynasty. Let's go. And I kind of hate my Tua pick, too. So I'm falling apart here you at the end. You hate your – I cannot wait. We're going to post this team uh, to I started off social so media. Hot. I started off so hot. I, after Christian Kirk went, Calvin Ridley, same team. So it's interesting. You used to be a Calvin back Ridley lover. You yes. want Ridley – you want Kirk over Ridley. I've had my heart burned. Okay. So, and then Tank Bigsby, he will, he's a rookie this year out of Auburn, who probably should go in the second, third round. We'll see where he ends. Rashad White, second year, the Bucks running back, who could take over that backfield for Leonard Fournette. What will that mean? Who knows? James Cook, who I just, we'll see. Michael Mayer, rookie tight end out of Notre Dame, who should go in the first round. And then it's back up to me. I'm going to go here with a guy named Tyler Algier. Oh, okay. Now, he just looked so good at the end of last year. And I am just going to hope the Falcons don't take a running back in the draft. And he's still their guy because he looked good. And he should be their guy. After that, Bijan Robinson. Or not Bijan. After that, Brian Robinson, Washington Commanders running back. Don't get those two confused. Yeah. Darren Waller, Bryce Young, rookie quarterback out of Alabama. Should I have taken him over Tua? What are your thoughts? No. No. Go Tua. Because Bryce Young is likely going to Carolina with no weapons. And who yeah, knows who when is he gets he, he is going to need to throw to himself. Like, that is that is the biggest disappointment is that Bryce Young really is the the best quarterback in this draft. And it just sucks that in order to get him, they had to mortgage their entire future so they – like, and yeah. then give up their wide receiver one. Like, that hurts. After that, went two rookie wide receivers in a row Josh Downs out of UNC and Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Both are expected to probably be early second round picks. Maybe sneak in there in the first, but I expect second round pick. Just speedster guys. Like, they can, they can create separation and get down the field. Josh Downs, undersized, but, like, one of the And hides the best. opposite. He's tall. And yeah. Lanky. And Josh Downs, though, like, one of the better just route runners. And it just plays, I think, a little bit bigger than his size. But interesting to see 
the wide receivers start to to come off the board. This is where you're going to see a lot of the, you know, the rookies get off the guys with the high upside. You're kind of want to take those chances here. Um, once it gets later in the draft, although in dynasty, we'd still have about 15 to 20 more rounds to go, but we're only going to do these next two rounds here. So after I took Tyler Algier, um, again, I went those two rookie wide receivers, AJ Dillon, I'm back up. Jahan Dotson sitting there. He was interesting because he scored a lot of touchdowns in his rookie season, but he has to compete with Terry McLaurin. Um, Do you not think Sam Howell can sustain both of them? I know Sam Howell news that they're feeling real good about him. I might go with Khalil Herbert, but I think I'll break your heart. I do need more wide receivers here. Do I believe Cortland Sutton will be better in year two with Russell Wilson? Because he was my love last year. I'm going to go Cortland Sutton. It's not great. And I'm... My team's falling apart. After me, it went Pat Fryermuth, another rookie running back. How do you say his name? Devin Achen? I don't even know. Oh, a a chain? chain. I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, I learned all of my pronunciations from Marcus over on our Locked on Dynasty podcast, and we did not – we didn't cover Devin a chain. A, he is about – um, 101 pounds, 101, 101. No, he's 188.59. He's a speedster, but again, it's just so tiny. I mean, you just don't see 188 pound running backs be good for fantasy, but possibly we'll see where he lands and what draft capital he gets. Jahan Dotson, Leonard Fournette, Juju Smith, Suster, and then, Schuster. and then the most important pick of all, Kate takes Khalil Herbert running back. Starring you're, running back for the Chicago Bears at the nine ten. You're welcome for leaving. Thank him you there so much. You. I feel like that was a pity, yeah, Passover. But I mean, this is my guy. I, statistically, you couldn't have asked for anything more from him when he was given the opportunity to play. Period. How long do you think he'll have? You know, good be the starter for a team though. For like in for dynasty league, do you think he'll be a good running back too for a while? Do you think he gets the starting job with the Bears and he doesn't let it go for the next couple seasons? I think he gets the starting job for the duration of his rookie contract. Okay. So I think, what, we've got two more seasons? That's that's fair. Next up, Dalton Kincaid, which is a rookie tight end. He will be most likely a mid-first-round NFL draft pick out of Utah. He's very, very good. So if he lands in a good landing spot, I think 9-11 is a steal for him. Might not get a ton of production rookie season like at most rookie tight ends, but a good draft pick. After that, Gabe Davis, David Njoku, Rashad Bateman. Pick your last pick, Kate. It is my last pick, and I've kind of got a pretty well-balanced roster at this point. I'd say maybe the one place that I can make some moves is probably running back. Um, There's a lot of interesting players left on the board, and I'm going to go ahead – I had to scroll a little bit for this pick. I'm going to go with Damian Harris running back for the Buffalo Bills. And I know like James Cook is definitely the sexier name here. He's the more explosive name. But if I had to pick one of those guys to profile as maybe like the the touchdown score, the, the goal line back, I'd probably bet on Damian Harris there. Yeah, when you're looking at who's left, I'm completely fine with that. I don't like 
Buffalo running backs because you never can trust them. But hey, this is the year where Josh Allen doesn't <laughs> run as much. Oh yeah, and maybe just maybe that'll translate to more points for their running backs. Who knows? After that, went Deshaun Watson. So he fell pretty far. I mean, right now his value is actually really good at the 10-4. If you can put aside all the shitty things he's done and your morals and somehow root for him in fantasy, I cannot do that. But if you can, 10-4 is really good value for him. Uh, and then Antonio Gibson at 10-5, Trey Lance at 10-6, Tyler Locke at 10-7, Zach Evans, another rookie uh, running back, 10-8. And I am on the clock here to make my last pick. And I hate everybody. I hate everybody. I will say so far in this draft, I do feel like every rookie pick, and I don't feel like this has been the case last year. Like every rookie pick that is made, and I know this is a pre-draft rookie or a, a dynasty startup, so we don't know landing spots, but I feel like every single rookie pick made me cringe a little bit because I was like, ah, that feels a little bit soon. Yeah, they all do feel soon. And now looking back, so when I took TJ Hawkinson at 4-9, I really think that's where I started to mess up here. Because you, you look, and there's still Evan Ingram here. There's still Greg Dulcich, who I really liked his rookie season. And like I just, I wish I didn't take TJ Hawkinson that early. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. But we all make mistakes. I am going to go with... Oh, I hate this game. Okay, well, we need to close this draft out ASAP. Girl, we are over time. I'm going to go with Evan Ingram and just have two tight ends because Evan Ingram with Jacksonville was pretty freaking fantastic. And it's really hard to find tight ends, like I said, so maybe I can trade one of them. And that's what I'm going with. I love it. And to close out the draft, we have Dawson Knox, Tajay Spear and, uh, Spears, and Cole Komet. So we, we closed out the draft on a little tight end run. Michelle, read off your team just to give everybody one last glimpse of the oh, horror. I was started so good. It started with <laughs> Dijon Robinson, Travis Etienne. Then it went to Garrett Wilson. And that those first three were so freaking good. You can't tell. And then Justin Fields went right before me. And that's what ruined it all. Uh-huh. And I just spiraled. And I went yeah. TJ Hawkinson, Chris Godwin, Tua Tagovailoa, Amari Cooper, worst pick of the draft, Tyler Algier, Cortland Sutton, and then Evan Ingram. Kate, what's your team? Uh, my team is better. Um, I don't know about that. All right. I've got Tyreek Hill, Brees Hall, Amonra St. Brown, DK Metcalf, Dallas Goddard, Dak Prescott, Isaiah Pacheco, Christian Kirk, Khalil Herbert, and Damian Harris. I do feel like I won this one, but you know what? We're going to let the listeners decide over on Twitter. Over on Twitter, and whoever loses has to do something next episode. Probably something drinking related. Take a shot. Yeah, yeah. take a shot of something gross. Or maybe, like, eat some mayo or something. No, I don't like mayo. I'd prefer a shot. Obviously. You're not supposed to like it. It's supposed to be a punishment. Anyways, we'll post this on our Twitter. Well, you know, we'll give it a day or so so you can listen. We don't want to you know, give out all of our picks before you listen, but we hope you enjoyed the show. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle at ball blast em, ball blast E M. And you can find me Kate Majuk at Kate Majuk. 
Yes. Should you spell your last name? Can anyone spell it? M-A-G-D-Z-A-U-K. Oh, okay. Really fast. So replay that like 30 times before you find her on Twitter. (laughs) Enjoy your week. Bye, y'all. Bye.